Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad to be here in Stockholm. What an exciting city. What a great time to be here. I got to see the queen yesterday. That's pretty exciting. And the king. Um, I'm happy to be here to tell you a little bit about the work I've been doing at Intel over the last uh, four or five years directly related to fashion tech and soft computing. Now, I chose the title of this talk really intentionally, Glamour, Enchantment, and Transformation. These words are shared not just in magic and technology, but also fashion. And I want you to keep that in mind throughout the day when you start seeing the things that new materials can do, the things that we see on the runway and what they can do. So the screen you see right now was a project we did with Hussein Shalayan uh, for his uh, spring-summer 2017 collection. Now, what we, did, what we provided for him and that he helped us design for the physical design of it was a pair of glasses. And these glasses were kind of special because they fit his narrative of trying to express what it's like living in the city, in London in particular for him, how it's both stressful and there are highs and lows. So how do you express stress? Well, one way we've done it is just with these glasses, we were able to sense respiration, EEG, so brainwave activity, and heart rate. And we've built algorithms that when these are elevated or when they're low, it would actually start projecting. In, inside the belt of this outfit, there's actually a projector that's projecting graphics that represent, this one actually represents a low stress situation. As stress rises, those hands pull that rope tighter. But it was interesting that we we're able to do this. And when you think about it, in a pair of glasses, that's magic. And the way that happens is because of this gentleman right here, Gordon Moore. In 1965, Gordon Moore wrote a, an article in an obscure journal, but he hypothesized that every year and a half, the amount of, uh, the amount of, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it that's not super techie, <laughs> the amount of, of computation you could, you could get in a given area would double. And so that means that over time, you would continue to see technology get smaller, faster, and more energy efficient. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but because of that, it dramatically shifts what we can do with technology. When you think about it, in the 60s and 70s, we saw a lot of industry, whole rooms filled with a computer that it can effectively do what your tablet could do today or your phone could do today. And as time goes on, we start to see the ability to be freed, to be mobile. I mean, it's really relatively recent. Only in 2003, we introduced the Centrino platform. That was the first mobile laptop with wireless connectivity. Can you believe it's that recent? 2003. And then 2008 it was when the iPhone began the next mobile revolution. And this is very exciting because we started to see a democratization of software, of hardware and devices. And this will become very important to fashion tech as we move forward. And the reason why this is important will become self-evident as the day goes on. But as we continue to get smaller and faster and more energy efficient, we enable not just mobility, but natural interaction. The example I'm showing there under the possible name of enchantment is a pair of glasses that we made with Oakley. They're called Radar Pace. And the way you interact with them, you talk to them. 
You say, okay, Radar, what's my workout today? And it understands what you're saying. And it actually tracks your workout over time. And it'll say, you're running too slow. Or slow it down if you want to you know, meet your goals. But it actually has onboard intelligence for coaching and natural language interaction. Unlike Siri, unlike other devices that you, you know, if you asked, uh, how high am I going to go? It'll say 1,200 meters. And you could say, how high was that? If you said that to Siri, it would say, I don't understand. But this will know. It's got natural language processing. So around 2012, seeing this democratization of hardware and software, we started thinking a little bit about the maker community. And this community, in particular, what I was tasked with looking at was things around fashion tech. It was called fashion tech, and I folded in new materials research there. And we did primary and secondary research. I'm an anthropologist by training, so I did a lot of ethnographic work. You know, I sat down with a lot of the leaders in these fields, Despina Papadopoulos and Sabine Seymour, Jennifer Darmore, going out and understanding the troubles these people are having and what they're trying to do. And some key themes emerged from this research. One high level one was collaboration. Almost every single one of these people needed to collaborate. They didn't have the full skill set required to deliver the experience they wanted to deliver. Um, there's also a sub-theme of new materials. People were starting to mess around with 3D printing. People were starting to develop their own version of kits that looked like the materiality of textile, but the capabilities of cabling and wires and so forth. Um, we also saw that the maker kits that were out that existed, they really only came out, they started, Arduino was really launched in 05 from the folks at the design school in Ivrea designed for artists, designed for designers to begin to prototype. And a few years after that, 2007, 2008, we saw the Arduino lily pad. And this is important This is important because it was designed for fashion technologists. And I actually missed out pointing out Hofting, a Stockholm-based, uh, actually they're not Stockholm, but they're Swedish-based startup. And th this caught my eye back then that fashionable scarf, of course, is an airbag. And that was made on an Arduino-compatible platform. So the technology is part of this democratization of technology. So we were wondering, what could we do in this space? We ended up building the Intel Edison board. The design of it was meant to be reminiscent of an SD card. So those little cards you used to put in your cameras or you put in your computers. And we decided that we would do a collaboration with Dutch uh, fashion tech sort of superstar, Anouk Viprecht. And we, the first garment we did together, the dress we did together, was called Synapse. And Synapse, actually, you should play my video. Yes, no. Doesn't want to play the video. OK. But Synapse, actually, the interactions are driven by EEG. That's electroencephalogram. So, in your brain, the brainwave activity, we're able to tell whether you're excited, whether you're focused or not. And this one, the focus was on, are you focused? And what we did is we had 140 watts of light on this. Yeah, this was crazy. The lights would climb the bodice of the dress as the attention level rose. And when the attention level hit 80%, it turned on a video camera. And that video camera captured what that person was seeing when they were focused. Now, this was an art piece. It was 3D printed. But soon after we revealed this at the Intel Developers Forum, 
I had phone calls from occupational therapists asking me, could you help my, my patient that has attention deficit disorder? I would love to be able to coach them on, here are the conditions under which you're focused. And so we started to see little spin-offs of each of these things we were doing. And clothing starts to become intimate and diagnostic, maybe even a tool for self-improvement. Now, the next project we collaborated on together was the spider dress. This one got international acclaim, 3D printed, robotic spider arms that could actually use uh, proximity. So when people came too close, it protected her personal space. And we also included in that the opportunity for the model to take a deep breath and make the arms relax so that they could actually invite people into their space if they wanted to. So it was a respirator. Oh, okay, there's the Synapse video showing new materials, new, new modes of design. It's actually kind of neat to see it, but it's a little bit long for us. Here it was actually an interesting thing where a guy was explaining supercomputers to her, and the first gentleman who explained it, nothing. No lights, no nothing. The second gentleman hit some of the right chords. Let me, uh... Oh, yeah, okay, that's fine. So, we skipped this one. So, while we were working on the maker things, we also had a parallel path that we had a relationship with the Council for Fashion Designers of America, and we ended up developing with the opening ceremony, Mika, my intelligent communications accessory. We had great reviews in the fashion press, and we got not-so-great reviews in the tech press, but we didn't mind. That was a success for us. Now, the CFDA challenged us. Can you make a computer the size of a button? Because the SD card didn't make sense to them, and we did. And that led to our collaborations with Becca McCarran, where we made the adrenaline dress, which actually, we measured the conditions of adrenaline, respiration, perspiration, body temperature. And when it reached a certain temperature, it would actually make this framework grow on the back of the model, almost like a, a, an animal would, their body reacts when they're afraid. And that stuff ends up being really interesting when you think of loved ones you're caring for. And wouldn't you like to know when they're anxious, when they're upset, when they're afraid? This could be very good to know. We put similar technology inside of the Aero Sports Bra, and that one actually had fins that opened up like gills on a shark to cool the wearer when they got too hot. And this one ended up triggering a lot of feedback on, when can I get that? I want that. Of course, it's very tricky to make it that way, but it showed us there's something there. Finally, the sort of editorial exit. So these, this is my view from backstage at CES too. So we see these editorial garments leaving, right? So, and we see some of the real things coming. Um, basically, we're no longer stuck with the hard uh, battery, the big batteries, it's still a problem, but and big batteries, hard technologies, things are getting softer. We're starting to see ordinary fashion gain extraordinary capabilities, starting with the things like accessories, like jewelry. But we're moving into clothing. When you start thinking about how Polotech introduced their garment, and just last week, some good friends of ours uh, at Wearable Experiments introduced yoga pants that can actually guide you into the right position, and they're on the market. You can buy them today, and they have haptics that help you know. And finally, you know, new materials and algorithm-driven design, which you'll hear about today, will challenge the way traditional materials and designs uh, work today and will redefine the future. And underneath all of this, 
I want you to also pay attention to this throughout the day, is data. This personal data that drives you know, things about my biology and other unique biological data sets are going to become very important in our future. And we need to be mindful of how one handles personal data.